Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this podcast show. Um, I've got a little bit of a twist for you today, which I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with a lovely gentleman called Alex and his inspiration around writing a book with his son, Arthur. Now, I spoke passionately at many times before about children's education around money, and I truly believe it needs to be educated in school. And everyone agrees with this. And the reason being, I feel it's important personally, and I'd love to hear Alex's view on this. But there is a massive wealth gap in society where basically the rich are getting richer and poorer are getting poorer. What that then means is that there's this big gap between what's happening in in society with people that have got abundance of wealth and those that haven't. And it is important because it creates a legacy where we pass money on to others and it creates a society where we're more stable and we have a greater quality of life. Therefore, making sure we're managing our money from early on, from the early stages, is, I feel, really, really key. Now, I always think about people coming out of university and there are qualifications um, at around A level where you can start to take specific qualifications around money management. But it's not at GCSE level and it's maths is a massive subject as part of primary schools, for example. But again, there's no actual real education around money, which A lot of people associate maths and money together and they are to me very actually very different. Personally, I feel that half the math should be scrapped from the actual uh, curriculum and money should be introduced because that is more of a practical skill of what more people need in society day to day. Now, I'd love to hear Alex's views on this and he's joining us as a passionate parent, probably feeling for maybe his own reasons a similar um, interest in educating children around money um so alex what inspired you to write this book with your son well precisely what you mentioned uh, earlier rebecca i mean you mentioned this massive wealth gap for the richer getting richer and the poorer getting poorer and something you mentioned quite a lot of in your podcast is the concept of abundance and why is abundance so you know, badly shared in our society so i mean regarding financial education which which is something you talk about a lot and isn't it really strange, you know, that we spend our, our whole lives making money and in business and trying to make more money and often wishing, you know, we had more money, but we're not taught, as you say, finance and money and business before, I think you mentioned A-levels mm. and, and then you have to opt to for it. it. That's with your, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's very strict, very peculiar. Um, I mean, just could you tell me, Rebecca, what is your own exposure to money growing up? And finance. Well, I, I share I share this sometimes in my story. I didn't actually start working in financial services when, when I was nineteen, which actually obviously is very young. But that's where my my financial education started. Um, I didn't um, wasn't involved with money. Money to me was something that other people had. I was brought up in a council house. My dad worked extremely hard as an engineer, looking after myself, my son, and my 
my nan and my granddad who also lived with us so we had a you know a, a, a sort of a busy household and he was the main earner to cover all of these sort of mouths if you like and his idea of wealth and money and abundance was something that rich people did that went to the horses and that was something that was never going to happen to them investing was that little bit that you put into your pension each month and you just had your money each month you spent it and saving and investing and money management was just you know putting enough aside that you had enough alcohol to buy for the weekend kind of thing um or you know pop to the pub that kind of stuff it money to me was um something that was not even part of a conversation it wasn't even on the table um it wasn't something that was discussed and it's, it wasn't until I actually started working in a bank at 19 as a as a temp and I turned up on, on a on a like the my temp job said right you're going to a bank today <laughs> what I've only just opened my bank account I didn't even understand what a bank was and um I talk about this because it's a, a funny story but my first day was on a Saturday and I was told to go down to the bottom of the the, the like the basement I wasn't given a uniform but I was put loads of leaflets were put on the desk of all these different accounts an easy saver and a bond and a notice account and it was just like I don't even understand this is like a different planet um, and then I was told to go upstairs, sat on a, a, a cashier till and I opened the drawer and it was like a wooden till, if you like. It was like, a, you know, we're talking quite a long time ago now. And I opened the drawer and there was bundles and bundles and bundles of money. I'd never seen so much money in all my life. Um, but the key part is I wasn't good at maths. I, I, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but actually when I went to school, um, I wasn't really going to achieve very much as far as anyone was concerned. I only walked away with three GCSEs. Um, I did do a, a course, at, um, an MVQ at college in business and finance, and because I didn't know actually what else I wanted to do at that time. I just knew it wasn't a hairdresser or a receptionist. So I just went and did business and finance. Um, but I left school with an F in maths. And I'd say that in my TEDx talk, because I think it's a very important message to send to people that just because you weren't good at maths at school has no correlation to actually how good you're going to be with money as you grow up. Um, so when I was at this bank, having all this money, my impression in my head and seeing all this money was that I was going to be no good at this job. And I was counting money out, super nervous, doing it really carefully for months. But I was good with the clients. I was good at talking to people. I was good at finding out what they needed and solving their problems. So I was promoted very quickly and I flourished in the industry. Um, so your one small question that you've just asked me. So apologies for the complete explanation, explanation, but it's a lot of passion of why I do what I do because of that, that process and that journey that I've been through. I completely understand. So I think what you mentioned is a lot of uh, injustice. Basically, it's, it seems mm. like a very unfair system. I mean, yeah. schools, because, you know, schools, you know, they're supposed to be the great equalizer, you know, but despite that, it, it, um, it seems that the major determinant of success is actually, you mentioned this earlier, the social capital that your parents pass to you. Yeah. Which is unfair. Uh, so, yeah, that could be the level of conversation, the accents, the level of language, grammar the friends the family um and without even talking about the the money or the, the, the real estate and all it is inherited from your parents yeah that mindset you inherit from your parents if they're talking about inheritance around the table or they talk about dying even because that's where the inheritance comes from are they going to talk about what that looks and feels like it's, it's a huge shift it's a, sh a huge area that 
is not spoken about and, and very much I, I, I know Alex you have a slight accent and you have an amazing British flag behind you and you're obviously you're in the UK and you're in a massive uh, business owner in the UK um, but I don't know what it was like for you growing up was it was it in the UK we're very British about money so you know it's not spoken about it, is that the same for you when, when you were growing up? Um, my parents were actually British and they brought me up in France okay and uh, no, we didn't talk a bit about money. And I think one thing I remember from my childhood is I'd uh, taken a few objects and put, it, put them on the side of the road, like uh, on an honesty box kind of set up. And I'd started uh, selling them to basically the passing traffic. And I got really badly told off by my parents for starting this shop. And uh, yeah, that's something I remember. And I'd like to have a kind of a different perspective to my kids, uh, with my kids and just show them that commerce and trading is really fun mm. and it's basically mainly the main the most exciting and fun job in the world if at least you cho- you choose the uh, capitalist system and the merchant system but uh, i think like you're right to Rebecca. that to our listeners what you mean by that because there will be people that will be enjoying what you're saying but i like to put some context around it so what do you mean by those ecosystems if you like well, I think uh, an important point uh, of your life is when you choose the path you will go to and you can choose you know, the merchant route and enter the world of business as an employee or as a business owner, or you can choose the world of art and uh, pr- uh, start painting or writing or singing. And it's, I feel it's very dif- different, uh, difficult to go back to one of these worlds after having chosen your path. So, for example, when you start your world in business, your previous skills in singing or in writing tend to evaporate because you don't practice them anymore. And um, therefore, once you've started going through one of those paths, it's very difficult to go back. I mean, had Mm. you, Rebecca, any passions uh, in your uh, younger years about some kind of art? Um, Well, actually, I did GCSE art because that's, you know, I'm I'm more of a creative. Um, But um, I realised actually I was really good at, people later on but I didn't really have a a passion I I loved animals and I was going to be a vet um but I didn't really have the qualifications to go to vet school or go to university so there was just not the same opportunities um I think um an encouragement that maybe I think I don't know I put you very much probably like this with your children but you know I'm the messages that I'm telling my daughter who's uh, turning 13 is that you know she's not she's very much like me at this sort of age she's not very academic but she's hugely a people person and she's just been made um, form captain and she's there's somebody in her class that's really struggling and the only person that they want with them during the day is is my daughter to look after them so I think we're you know I'm encouraging those skill sets as a manager as a leader Whereas when I was at school, that wasn't accounted for. That wasn't meant that it was important. And she will be a business owner. She will be an entrepreneur. Um, and I see that I didn't, like you, I didn't have that encouragement when I was younger. Um, you know, you were discouraged to be an entrepreneur selling things on the side of the street. And um, I think when you create the right opportunities for children and, and anybody, any adult, really, um, it's, you can just it's just incredible I think that um, as a society if we gave back that little bit more in the right ways um, and with the pandemic I find it incredibly worrying that maybe we've we've created a bigger gap now even more so um, society wise Um, let's go back to your book so um, it's wrote wrote by by your son so what inspired you and your son to do this together 
Well, as you mentioned earlier, um, what we can bring our children is uh, a lot. Well, a lot of what we can bring our children is mindset. Mm. Um, I think you, you mentioned this in your podcast. I mean, teaching them the right mindset, which is a, a growth mindset rather than a, a static or fixed mindset, um, changes everything. And it's, you know, we, we put a lot of energy and uh, trust and money in finding the right schools. And we uh, trust the schools are going to transform our, our kids in some in, in superheroes or excellent mm. members of society. But I believe it's actually uh, it's actually our job to to prepare them, and schools will make more or less little change to that. Um, I think we're kind of chasing an illusion if we think schools are the major contributor to their success as adults. We we are. I agree. Yeah. So good. Going back, going back to mindset, you know, the, you know growth mindsets, uh, it's the belief that nothing is set in stone. And that's what I'm trying to, to share with my children. So your, your wealth, your emotions, your environment, everything is very fluid and can be changed just by application and learning and reading and acting. Uh, compare that to a fixed mindset, which um, I'd say most people have, which is the fact that, you know, there are universal rules and nothing can be changed and you should accept your place. It's just much more fun to see the world with a a fix, with a, a growth mindset. And that's, that's the reason to answer your question. I've been uh, working on this with my son. Amazing. I love that. And I love that, that the inspiration and where you're coming from with that. So has he, has he, has he been teaching you through this process or have you been teaching him in terms of, was he motivated because he was interested in like having pocket money and it sort of came sparred from there? Or was it more of a case of, right, I want to write this book, let's do this together. And then you've taught him how, how to do things along the way. Yeah, I think it's the latter because I was anticipating having my first child, uh, him growing to be uh, naturally a little mini me. But <laughs> I'm finding out that before, when I was a child, actually, I wasn't uh, you know, the, the driven person I am currently. And I was uh, uh, just uh, taking it as it went. Uh, therefore, I need um, to accompany him and soon my little girl as well. Uh, to finding uh, the the interest I have in in this uh, amazing merchant society we live in, um, so I'd say it's, I'd say it's a, a joint exercise. Brilliant. So the book is called Marty and Nutty Invest Their Money. Um, I love that. So is it a story that you wrote or your son wrote? Yes, we wrote it together. Uh, it's a um, it's a story um, which is on the bande dessinée format, so a bit like Tintin or Asterix, if you're familiar with those uh, Amazing, comic books. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's the story of two uh, scrappy squirrels who make money with their nut paste business, and they don't know what to do with it because, of course, they don't have uh, Rebecca Robertson in their <laughs> network. <laughs> so they uh, try by trial and error, they meet various people like a bank manager. Uh, and um, uh, somebody who offers them to invest in quoted shares and private shares, and then they discover the hidden world of private lending, and uh, they end up with a very uh, balanced portfolio, and I'm sure you would uh, uh, encourage that, Rebecca. I would, yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, I haven't bought the book yet, but I'm so going to, and I'm going to read it with my kids because I'm just so intrigued. And I think there's a lot for us to learn in that, as adults in that process. You know, if, if, if just imagine if, if, if we all, everybody in society had that level of knowledge of just what you just explained. Um, I do believe we'd have a completely different society today um, as we stand. Um, so I thank you for taking the time to write this book and put it out there. And I will definitely be sharing it. 
Um, what do you think your son has gained from it? Have you seen a shift in his, you know, probably been a really interesting exercise for him for a start. Um, but additional to that, have you found that he's now got a different view with money now he's read the book and produced the book? Yes, I'd say so. I'd say uh, even at this young age, and it's something that any listener of yours can achieve, I think he's reached some level of financial independence because uh, he's making a significant amount of money with his uh, businesses. Um, and he's, he's seven, managed... right? He's seven. Yes, but you, you, I must say that we spend most weekends just trading and selling stuff to neighbors. Uh, so he's got an honesty Incredible. box from which he sells, uh, you know, a, jams that he makes with his mum, uh, kindling woods, and he's got all sorts of seasonal business activities, of course, which I help him promote and help him conceive. Um, so, for example, in October, he sells pumpkins to neighbours, holly in December, uh, he collects Christmas trees for recycling in January, etc. And I must emphasise, it, it's so fun to do all this and to, uh, to meet neighbours and to sell them stuff. And it's, I can't think of a better way to spend our weekends. You know, it's, it's such fun. Uh, so now we've stopped paying him pocket money altogether and he can buy as many things as he likes because it's his own money. So he can buy all the toys he likes. He's got catalogs. Uh, he saves some money in his Metro bank accounts. Um, he, he even gives uh, one penny a week to his baby sister who's two. And it's, it's, it's such fun, you know. So what I'd like to do with this Martin Nutty, which is the beginning of a series, is I'd like to share this experience of what I call micro businesses, which yeah. are very simple businesses that any, any parent and child can set up, sell stuff to neighbors, uh, meet people, um, uh, sell to them, understand the world of money, how to calculate profits, how to record your expenses and income and conceive products and services and this is such fun and is worth you know any weekend spent in front of netflix or even going to the swimming pool it's it's loads of fun and, and even better than like in some respects what they do at school right because you know if you think about their actual day it's for what i've i've understood it um, not necessarily secondary school but certainly primary school probably half the day is spent queuing up lunchtime playtime which is important crafts and such like there's actually a very small piece of true educational element to it and I'm sure some parents through the lockdown didn't feel like that um but from what I can work out there, there is a certain at certain years where they're not terribly learning conceptually really what what's going on and if I think about my four-year-old I don't know when they stop asking so many questions because it feels like every day he could ask 20 million questions um, and they are vast and absolutely incredible. And I wonder at what point we stop encouraging asking those questions and at what point we sort of they start to switch off. And I think that there's an incredible opportunity as parents. Um, and I love what you've done. I love I love the way you've described that. Um, and my daughter is very entrepreneurial. So um, I, I'll be getting her to to read these books. And um, because I think even doesn't matter what age you're at. Um, when you're learning a new subject, you want it in its simplest form. That doesn't mean that you're a child, even if you're an adult reading them. Um, I think there is some great nuggets to be sharing in the in the right context. And I especially find 
um, for I work obviously work with a lot of women that they feel like it's out of their reach, that they feel like it's like a subject that is uh, uncomprehensible. Um, and some of them are very educated business women that are very very good at what they do, but they see money as this sort of separate thing. Or certainly when it comes to maybe exiting a business, selling a business or multiplying their money in investments and pensions. That feels like it's like this other world. Um, And I think if we can, like between us, we can educate people to a degree that they start making better and informed decisions, then I truly believe that will reduce the wealth gap. We'll be able to pass on more legacy and that the inheritance is passed on to future families and therefore we're um, we're creating i think i hope to be a a, a, a positive more positive world um, and i see that quite a lot with um somebody i spoke to a, a couple of weeks ago and i'm interviewing her in a, in a few weeks time and her whole motivation is around doing it in a slightly different way to what how we do it but she goes around the world to mali to um, indonesia and basically third world countries and teaches the women how to make jewellery and then we set they sell it online for them and they get paid for the jewellery and it is literally paying for kids shoes that are walking around on dirt with no shoes and uh, books for school and um, you know stopping women having to go through certain you know certain circumstances and 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 positionings that we would never imagine in in our in our society and in um, you know in you know it's a different it is literally like a different world um and what she does is absolutely incredible where she's creating these like micro businesses all all around the world and i feel that those those women that we we need to be helping and supporting to enable them to do more of that because again if we can get third world societies creating wealth for themselves in the same way that you're describing for your child um you know, and that's where your, you know, your books might be suitable for, you know, in a different context for some somewhere like that, um, because we're enabling them to make a difference to their wealth, to their lives. And I really believe in that as we as we grow in society by putting our financial own mask on first and looking after ourselves first then we're in a position to be able to volunteer to give to charity and then have a bigger and wider ripple effect impact so um that's how important i think some nuggets like these podcasts your book can have such a an amazing difference in people's lives so um i'm excited to read it and i'm looking forward to see um oh my goodness what your son's going to get up to when he's really you know he's seven now and he's doing all of that does he, does he know what he wants to do when he's grown up, like what he'll be or what he'll do? Uh, no, he doesn't. No, I'll uh, invite me back on the podcast in a few, yeah, in a few years. Yeah, I'd love to see what he gets up to. <laughs> sure. um, but I mean, you, you, you're massively into business and I'm sure as he grows, you can share your knowledge and he will then start to become um, uh, like, like his dad in that respect. And how about your daughter? Do you think that she will have, I mean, obviously she's only, she's only little. Do you think your brother will share the success with and they'll do it together or? Uh, yes. I mean, for her kindling business, for example, he's offered to franchise one of the roads of our village uh, to her. So that's a good start, <laughs> but I'll certainly uh, yeah promote uh, business and trading as much with my daughter as uh, I have my, with my son and I know she'll make even more sales because neighbours love kids selling stuff to them and even love even more 
uh, tiny little tots uh, trying to sell stuff to them. So really <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation today and I'll be sharing the link of where people can go and buy this amazing book wrote by your son, Arthur and yourself. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to more. You have to come back on the show maybe in a few months time or, you know, whenever you're ready um, when you've got some more books out there. Yes, I'd love to, Rebecca. Uh, currently, the books I have are Martin Nutty Invest Their Money. And uh, to organize uh, the kids' uh, takings, you've got Martin Nutty uh, Perpetual Planner and Martin Nutty uh, Notebook for Smart Kids, all on Amazon. Oh, amazing. I've only seen the one on Amazon. I didn't know there was three. That's brilliant. So maybe you need to search your the, the, the under the um, author and then more of them will come up that way. Um, yes, alternatively, Marty and Nutty. Marty and Nutty. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And I'd love to hear in the comments um, if you've gone and bought the book, what your thoughts are. And we can share those with Alex so he can see what your thoughts on the books are. Um, and uh, I hope you have a lovely day. Take care. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Thank you for joining me. It's been fantastic. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.